Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Swung on, lined to deep left field. It is gone! It went! Batista's going to wave goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is the official Carving the Corner podcast, episode 199. I'm your host, Matt Lyons. And on this week's episode, we'll have some meatballs, talk about what the Guardians did this week in baseball, talk about the fact they clinched their AL Central Division for the first time since 2018, talk about our preseason predictions. One of, one of us had him written down in the correct post, uh, one of us didn't, and he's just going to say that he had uh, really good predictions, you never know. Talk about how good Terry Francona has been for the Guardians lately, especially uh, building this team up from a bunch of rookies, and talk about some new additions to the team late. Will Brandon, Gabriel Arias are back, Ernie Clement, DFA'd, all that and more. Joining me for another is Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm elated. We shot a, a refrigerator-sized thing at a gigantic asteroid and hit it, so go America, I guess? you know. We did it. Yeah. Look did, at did us. it actually work? I, I I know we were talking about it before, but I didn't actually watch it. They it actually, hit it, they which, it, I mean, honestly, it's very hard when you really think about it. I mean, space yeah, is not big. that hard. It's in space. <laughs> How many things are there? You could find it. Just... I mean, listen, there's seven or eight things up there, sure. But they're, you know, they're all spread out, and they're hard to see because it's dark. you got to remember how dark it is in space. <laughs> it right? is very dark. Just put headlights on it. Come on, this can't be hard. See, I don't understand why people don't listen to us, the scientists. Exactly. You just got to trust science. We were saying that all the last couple of years. You got to listen to the science, and they won't. They won't say headlights. No, I no, thank you. Yeah, see, just that's all you need. Just headlights in space. That's that's all it takes. Well, I agree. Um, yeah, but I mean, baseball wise, we're looking at some a, a pretty decent week for Cleveland. I would say feeling good, feeling yeah, strong. It's uh, I, I didn't realize until right when they clinched, and I was looking at passes. They haven't won since 2018. They haven't won the division. It felt like for a while there they wouldn't lose it again. Like. Winning three in a row, 2016, 2017, and then 2018, I thought they were just going to keep winning them. And then, uh, I mean, 2020, they went to the playoffs, but that whole season, I, I block out mentally. <laughs> and then they just got blown out anyway. Um, and then missed the playoffs in 2019, 2021. So it's it's a surprising amount of times the Guardians have been in the postseason, but we're going to get to see, at the very least, two games in Cleveland this year. It's going to be awesome, too. And, and we were talking before the podcast, like that 2019 season was just so weird. Like they were still just as good, but just. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. The Twins were just so good that year. Just it was obliteratingly good in the regular season, of course, and in classic Twins fashion, roasted. Boo! <laughs> it was. I remember too thinking that year was like the most fun you could probably have with not making the postseason because they won ninety three games. They got to have a fun division race all year. Uh, but I will definitely take this year all year long. <laughs> what they did this because it was kind of the same thing this year is that they were chasing teams for a lot of the year, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end they just absolutely bludgeon their opponents into oblivion and, and just, it, it's just it's got to be unprecedented how much of they 
they've absolutely destroyed the will of their opponents. <laughs> the Twins oh, and like, the White Sox both tanked immediately. Yeah, like, like I was saying before, like the biggest downside of this run they were on was just that they <laughs> they, 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 they no longer have a great record against uh, plus 500 teams because they broke those two teams so badly. Like <laughs> That should count, I think. I, th- I think that still counts as your above 500 record. If you're the one that personally breaks the spirit of another team so they're a losing team, you should get credit for that in the win column. And what's great, too, is like already I can expect that neither of those two teams are going to make any changes because they've already announced that uh, they're bringing back Falvey and um, Baldelli. I don't know what, what other – they're going to lose um, Correa in, in Minnesota because he's not going to want to play there. Are you so sure? He, give him he lots might of have money. so much fun this year. He might want to come uh, back and do it you again. You know what? That's true. Wow. Um, and then the, the, the White Sox aren't going to fire, gonna fire uh, what's his name? Tony La Russa. I mean, I don't know. Right. It sounds like they might. Or, or put him up in like the front office somewhere and hide him in there until he decides I, to retire. But That has to be what they do because, I mean, yeah. Jerry's not going to fire him. He's, he's his best friend or something like that. Or I don't know. Some, something's going on there. I don't know. But, yeah, they just broke the spirit of these two teams that were supposed to be a World Series contender and a deep-run playoff contender. Someone to maybe finally get off the schneid of not having won a – Playoff game, I think, since 2006 or something like that. But yeah, the Twins, yeah, it's been a while. They've they've yeah. run into the Yankees a bunch of times. I guess that's See, kind the of the, thing I is, guess the bonus for them is they won't have to do that this year. Yeah. <laughs> they would have won the wild card game. They would have faced the Yankees and lost again. See, their problem is their um, their um, stadium is next to a large body of water that is full of tiny bugs and other such things. Listen, that's gotta, what you need. That's how you beat the Yankees. You just yeah, you got you got you got Get a couple of druids to summon, you know, various creatures after you, you know, whatever. It's 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 like in the the, the thrilling climax of the hit movie uh, Avatar when uh, Awa sends all of her of its beasts to help the Navi. I just saw the uh, re-release of it. I, I couldn't tell it on that. If, if you didn't just see, it, I don't know how you would have recalled any of that stuff. I uh, cannot I'm, have look, told you anything about Avatar based on memory at this point. I've seen that movie eight times now. In the <laughs> I I know most of it, so you know what are you gonna do. You know what uh, I've seen eight times in theaters? No, you've never oh. seen a meatball sandwich or anything like that in theaters. <laughs> meatballs, man. Uh, meatballs, <laughs> where we talk about stuff the Guardians did this last week. Um, and also we see in theaters when they have sandwiches. Mine this week is Stephen Kwan, uh, just because, good lord, he's awesome. Uh, hit a grand slam for the Rangers, or against that the really- Rangers in the, the clinching game. His first um, first grand slam of his career, only a sixth home run this year. Um he won also won the AL Central Player or AL Player of the Week, which is just kind of a late thing that I saw. Uh, he was super good last week. Two home runs, four stolen bases, uh, fourteen hits. I also wanted to look looking at his last week when he was so good. Obviously, he hit for a surprising amount of power for him. How many barrels do you think he had in that uh, this, two. this six or seven game? Oh, damn it! Yeah, he had two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, one know. was I mean, the home run in Texas. Another one was against the White Sox when he had a bunch of hits. Because a, a barrel is a very specific set. Of, it's it's a yeah. certain set of degrees launch and also over ninety five miles an hour, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's a ninety. The... It's a ninety five. It's, it's, it's what's always going to kill him. I mean, until he. <laughs> he's, I, I, that is obviously everyone's hope uh, in in the off season. He puts on a little bit of muscle and can start driving the ball, you know, all the way to the wall, perhaps. But I mean, you know, if been, he stays like this, I'm perfectly fine just having. An excellent leadoff guy for the next forever decade, yeah, forever. Oh my god! Imagine um, how pissed everyone. I, I saw this post on it because obviously I'm a I'm a petty son of a bitch, and so I was going over to the White Sox subreddits to see them complain. <laughs> it's always nice. um, but they're like they're posting there. It's like he's like what um oh, what was that kid's uh, that that draft pick they had the little slap hitting guy that they traded to the, the Madrigal. 
Yeah, he's what Nick Matt is his much more highly touted former teammate in college, no less, uh, was supposed to be basically. And I mean, he still didn't hit three hundred. Quan didn't, but um, I think he can still get there by the end of the year. I, I, I think I, I view him as a three hundred hitter, even if he doesn't hit three hundred. But yeah, he just he is. It's funny to look at a guy with a sub four hundred slugging um, percentage. I look at it as a, it's for me at least appointment viewing. Every one of them is at bat. So I just love the way he he does it. I don't know. It's it's all, even again, like you said, even if he just holds this this the rest of his career, and there's every that, that grand slam alone, like just the, the 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 process of working himself back into that count and, and then finding a pitch to drive. We've seen him try that a few times and hit, hit a couple home runs off it this year, but. Yeah, I think he could do like like Kenny Lofton towards the end of his career, getting like 14, 15 home runs. If he can get up to that, like, hell yeah. Oh, no, definitely. No, I, I, I fully, I mean, he's 23, 24, something like that. He's 25, so I mean, he's not 25. Okay, well, yeah, extremely but, young, but he's still got plenty of years of his prime. So Yeah, I, I, like I think he could be a, I, I think a, a nice, you know, I, I think the absolute pinnacle of, a, of the kind of player he could become would be like a, you know, peak, like Dustin Pedroia, I guess. Uh, Pedroia definitely pulled the ball more uh, and got to also hit against the Green Monster, which allowed him to hit more doubles. But yeah, I, got, I think a 45-15, 45 doubles, 15 um, home runs is what I would like to see out of a 28 to 30-year-old to uh, Stephen Kwan. And like, yeah, and even if he doesn't do that, who cares? Like, he just he's always on base. He's fat. He's so fast, man. Oh, so oh my fast. God. Everybody on this team is so damn fast. They're so, everybody they're else hates fast. it and I love it. Even yeah. like the guys you don't think are fast, like Oscar Gonzalez, like he's like ninety fourth percentile in terms of um, yeah. sprint speed. Yeah. Takes or, some awful um, routes in the outfield, but boy, oh he's fast. yeah, he's he's he's, a, he's, a, he's an adventuresome young man. Um, or like Owen Miller, like people forget how athletic and fast he is. Or I don't know, man. It's just, it's just really interesting, just host of athletes. Like we have our meatballs, you know. Uh, you know, we got we got our Josh Nail- Josh's nailer of the of the world, but. And we love them, and they're just not fast, but they they do their thing. They trundle around like my cat does when he goes down the stairs. When he hears me, uh, you know, open up the food bag. But yeah, <laughs> and I like too. I mean, we'll talk about Terry Francona in a little bit, but the, there was a big story going around this week about how just they like, talked to Stephen Kwan um, about being more aggressive on the bases. The first time he got on, he asked him why he didn't go to second, and Kwan just said he was happy to get a hit and he didn't want to push it. And basically, Frank Hill was like, no, push it. <laughs> Go to second base if you can take Hell it. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I, I <laughs> wonder if, I mean, it seems like a very specific plan they have to take these extra bases. I, I don't It's. I don't see, I don't see, think I've ever seen another team attack the bases like they are this year. Mm-hmm. And doing it so well, too. Like, they're not being aggressive and being stupid about it and getting thrown out. Like, it's just, they always know when to go. I don't know if that's scouting um, the arms especially well or what, but... It's crazy. Like when you have the mix of speed and intelligence, this team does. You're going to win, obviously, a lot of games like they're doing now. And that's that's something that uh, Manning talked about a lot uh, last you know last couple weeks. Just as we watched, this, specifically the White Sox implode. Uh, but just the the pressure they put on on defenses, just because they they run so much, right? Like if a ba- if there's someone on second and the and the ball drops in the outfield, he's going for home. It, or you know, every hit that gets out of the infield is a chance for a for a, for a double and for a team that is that lacks in fundamentals at times, or and and you know, I think this is a problem. I think um, Keith Hernandez was talking about this a while back. When I was watching a, a Mets game, but just in general, it seems like the overall quality of defense may seems to have dropped a little bit over the last however many years. I, I I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I think these guys are all still tremendous athletes and incredibly talented. I think we're at the most you know the peak of overall baseball talent that we've ever seen, but. 
I mean, there's a reason that Hernandez, for instance, refused to, to do any more Phillies broadcast because he's so disgusted by <laughs> their defense. The whole season. Yeah. Like, but God damn. He's like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. <laughs> um, I, I think Rick Manning is getting to that point, too. Like, I don't know if he's spoiled by the Guardians or do we just get to see so many times they pressure defenses. But every time there's a misplay on defense, I swear Rick Manning is going to run down there and just slap just somebody. Disgusting. Especially Owen Miller this week. Like, every he missed two plays in the same game. Mm-hmm. And I heard Manning audibly go, oh. <laughs> he just, I don't know. Like he hates watching Owen Miller so much. And you know what? I appreciate it because, like, it's it is it, it, it's it's so stupid and like uh, I don't know, just cliche to say doing the little things right is how you win games. But like, how many just lazy plays on a ground ball to third did we see Yohan Moncada make? Over, I think in one game, honestly, just one of those games. I feel like he just kind of half-assed it at times, or some guys on the Twins, obviously, same idea. But yeah, there's. Very few players, I would say, looks like they're half-assing it out there, but definitely uh, Mankata a lot of times is one of the guys that looks like that. I, most of the time, I think when you see stuff like that, it's just somebody messed up on defense, but it seems like mm-hmm. consistently Yon Mankata just does not care at third base, and the well, Guardians took so advantage of that. And another point, you know, obviously, I was, I was saying I have defense being at a kind of a low ebb over the last however many years. I wonder if that's because of the, I don't know, maybe it's the uptake of the, the three true outcomes, and also maybe some teams just don't value defense anymore as much. Uh, but like even someone like Josh Harrison, like he made some tremendous plays in yeah. I think the game on whenever whenever it was, um, the game right, right before they they all they were all but eliminated. But he also rates out anyways as, a, as like a bad defender anyway. So it's just like it's it's you you can even make the dazzling plays, but it's you know it's like when you make the di- it's the, the Derek Jeter syndrome, I guess. You make the diving play and it looked cool, but you're just you know past a diving Jeter is a meme for a reason. So you know <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, what's your meatball this week, Matt? Chris McKenzie, he rules. We love him. Oh, That's yeah. all. Uh, the <laughs> no. end. End of show. Uh, so, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, kind of, you know, through. I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just kind of pick some random dates here. But through June 27th, he had a what a 4.03 ERA. He had pitched 80 of his 180 innings to that point. You know, whatever. Look, look like some nice back of the rotation filler. Um, but then from J- July one on, man, we're talking about how many starts is this? Fifteen starts. He's at two twenty five ERA. But I want to focus more on him specifically, tearing the heart out of once again the Twins <laughs> and the White Sox. His last three starts: two against the Twins, one against the White Sox. We're talking about twenty two innings pitched, a two oh five ERA, twenty six strikeouts. He allowed five runs and nineteen hits. Two uh, two of those were home runs. So like. You know, and then we walked two, a twenty-six to two strikeout to walk ratio. I mean, I don't want to, you know, get, go crazy here and start calling him a big game pitcher, but like, just going back through through the season when it was a big game they needed to win, like August nineteenth, they needed to beat the White Sox. Went seven innings, two two earned runs, fourteen strikeouts. Uh, he had another. Uh, he had, you know, he laid, definitely laid an egg against the uh, the Twins. Back to back, honestly, uh, in the end of June, there it faced them over ten innings and two starts, allowed thirteen earned runs. But this run towards the end here was just—he was every bit as, and he has been at this point. Look at the numbers; every bit as good as. Um... Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh- Shane Bieber, like really just a 1A, 1B, or, or at the very least a Robin to, to Bieber's Batman as, as, he, as he's kind of grown back. And it's just been so great just to see him really emerge. Like, quite honestly, if we were going into the postseason with um, Cal Quantrill as their second best pitcher, I'm not feeling all of that confident, to be honest with you. But now that they can go Bieber, McKenzie, and then one of Quantrill or Savale, and then, you know, only hope for five innings from any of those guys, I think that should be the goal throughout the postseason. And then go to the bullpen. Yeah, no, this is uh, just, I don't know, just, just, just I, but yeah, just circling back, just in particular, his just absolute stabbing in the heart of those two teams to, 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 to kind of end their season. And to cap it off with eight innings, two earned runs, a 13 strikeout performance in Chicago. Like, goddamn, man. I don't know. Great stuff. I love it. He has such amazing numbers in Chicago. It is crazy how much he hates that team. I don't know. <laughs> it's always good. Like, I mean, he had that run in August where it was around that White Sox game. He also did well against the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Mariners, who were probably a playoff team. Like he had a bunch of games in a row where he just looked. It's not just he's beating up AL Central teams. He's good. No, against no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, he had a run. I mean, his August was you know not Sterling because he got thumped by the Diamondbacks somehow, but he still had a three hundred three year right through the whole month of August. And then, like you said, he played Houston, Toronto. Chicago, Seattle, and Baltimore, all playoff or wild card, you know, wanting teams. Uh, 32 innings, 36 strikeouts, 2.48 ERA, a 315 fielding independent pitching. Again, like, it's not just him whomping on two teams who are, you know, falling off the, you know, falling off the boat or whatever. These are teams who are great. The, what I mean, the Astros are, you know, you could, I mean, they're definitely the best team in the American League. Um, Toronto is wonderful. They're maybe the best offense in the American League. Seattle is excellent. I mean, they have some super, some you know, young superstars in their offense. In early July, when the Yankees looked like the best team in the league, McKenzie went seven innings, one hit, one walk, and seven strikeouts. Like, maybe uh, he's a big game pitcher. There. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe this is the thing. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe you, I don't know. I mean, we get to see him in game two. So whoever that's going to be against, and it's going to be, and he'll have beat them is the fun part. I mean, or at least he'll have he'll have done well against them. Whoever that might be, he's 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 done them in. Yeah, I think he'll probably pitch against the Rays too, right? I think he's scheduled. So no matter which team they'll face, he's going to 
pitch him at least once because <laughs> yeah. either the Rays, the the Mariners, or the, the Blue Jays, unless something crazy happens. But yeah, but yeah, I've seen his growth has been great. I've really enjoyed the heck out of it. He's, he's much more efficient. I mean, that's the thing. Who is just his efficiency is crazy, and I love it. Now, the whole reason we can talk about the playoffs, of course, is because the Guardians, um, as we mentioned, absolutely ripped the hearts out of their opponents. Um, playoffs? Sorry. Go on. <laughs> they will probably be the number three seed. I think it's pretty much locked in there. They Some crazy stuff could happen. I, I just wanted to write a dumb post about it today, about the wild stuff that could happen. Until last night, they technically could have played the Yankees, but then the Yankees won and made it so that couldn't happen. But So now they, they're, they're probably going to play either one of the um, – Blue Jays, Mariners are raised at home in a three-game wild card because, of course, now with the way things are set up, the first two teams going to buy number three seed, which would be the Guardians, the third division winner, plays the number six seed, and number four and five play. So it'll be one of those three teams, only best of three, and then most likely they'll play against the Yankees in the second round. Um, but, I mean, just, just the biggest thing is the fact that they're here, which I don't think anybody suspected before the season. Um, and Just looking at the roster going in, it, it's not surprising nobody saw it coming because it's it seems like forever ago that like Bobby Bradley, Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, Yu Chang, um, Fran Reyes was supposed to be one of the pillars of this offense. It's all these guys are no longer here and they're all replaceable rookies who did who performed way above expectations. I would say I think Stephen Kwan is like the only one anybody really thought would be maybe good. Like I think everybody saw what he did last year and was pretty excited about him this year, but most of the guys coming up were just kind of, we'll, we'll see what they are. And then all of them have been great. And, and now they're in the postseason. And um, I think a big reason that is at this point, it's hard to deny Terry Francona as part of it, as much as um, he makes some tactical decisions that I don't like all the time. We've, <laughs> we've always said that his positive outweighs the negative. And I think this year, especially like the positive has so heavily outweighed the negative of playing guys too much and using Brian Shaw too much. And, Maybe even lately, like riding Emmanuel Classe a little too much, but like seeing how they Everybody celebrated in the dugout afterwards and hearing everything the players say about Terry Francona, like it's such a um, he said he's, he's a huge part of I think the reason they're here in the first place. I think it was you actually who tweeted out after the All Star break, uh, "Welcome to the second half of the season uh, with a, I don't know something like with a Terry Francona managed baseball team. Good luck, other teams." And it's just like how, how that <laughs> oh, yeah, played I think out. I did, yeah, you did. Yeah, no, it's, it's, how that played out <laughs> since then it's just been like. God damn, he's right, man. I mean, it's just, it's, like, it's just an inexorable force. It just would not, it wouldn't give in, I guess, is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I don't know. We saw two teams do it the last couple weeks. So you, you can see quitting teams. I just, I never quit in this team. Yeah, you know, we, we can start cracking out cliches like they're, they're too stupid to know what they can't do or they're too young or whatever. Like, and the fact that you know, they debuted, what, 16 rookies, which I was thinking of trying to get you to name all 16 rookies. Okay, I'm going to try it. Hold on. I'll try it. Do you, do you have it like anyway? Uh, give me a second. Uh, you you start right. talking. Let me find it real right, quick. Hold on. All right. I'm just going to start. I'm going to count my fingers. All right. Oscar Mercado, Stephen Kwan. Wow. You're, you're already blowing it. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Jones. Um, yep. Oh, Gabriel Arias, Richie Palacios. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I forgot these guys already existed. And then it's just a bunch of pitchers at that point, right? Um, you already missed what Nolan Jones. Yeah. I said Nolan Jones. Uh, Brian Levestita. Brian Love. Oh my God, that was this year. All right, cool. Brian <laughs> Alex <Lovestina>. Call. <laughs> Alex Call. Yeah, with the Nationals now. <laughs> um, let's see who else was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a bunch of pitchers that I'm just, you know, guys like just uh, Xavier Curry. Uh, yeah, he's, he's Cody Hunter Morris, Gattis, Pilkington. Uh, Connor Pilkington. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I saw I saw the list today. I was like, who? I know it's just a couple of those. I was like, yeah. I mean, the number is impressive, and the number that stuck around is impressive. But there's also just a bunch of guys who, who were just a bunch of pitchers who came up and were were Hunter Gaddis <laughs> got shot back down. But um, 
I, I, don't guys I think like the, Curry who came up in the I, I thought he pitched okay. I mean, you know what? Two starts, um, nine innings. I mean, gave up you know six earned runs, but again, we're talking about a guy who ugh, you know what are you going to do? <laughs> I, I mean, I Cody Morris, like it's almost the point we can talk about another guy coming up being a pitching factor. I don't know. I mean, he walks a lot, but he's looked really good in a couple starts, and he's not going to be. I don't even know if he'll be on the postseason roster, but he's he's been impressive at the end, I think. And then I mean, I McKenzie know, Connor Pilkington is going to be great too. in the postseason or the bullpen. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, and then uh, one day Hunter Gaddis will figure out, a, you know, maybe he's, maybe his hair's getting in his eyes. I don't know what it is. I don't but, know. Yeah. It's, it's the problem is there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, the biggest thing I think they did this year was just knowing when to cut guys loose, which I feel like they didn't, didn't do in the past. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, Bobby, like, I, the, based on all the guys I listed, I was just looking at this list that I made for this specifically. Bobby Bradley, Bradley Zimmer, Austin Mercado, Yu Chang. Um, I think even Nolan Jones is an example of it. Like, he was a guy who came up. He's He's a big name. He looked okay at times and just absolutely terrible. They didn't really waste time optioning him back yeah. down. Yeah. Um, and then Fran Reyes is the biggest, just, I feel like previous years, unless he was just absolutely terrible in the clubhouse for some reason, I feel like before they would have dragged that out forever. Um, and then we'd be talking about in the off season, just how bad he's been. Cause he hasn't been great in Chicago either, by the way. No, <laughs> he's, he's good been at first. Very bad. Then, six, yeah, seven, been bad three there, I'm just looking so. at right now. Six, seven, three OPS. And like, just, he's hit what, four home runs in 41 games. Like, yeah, I mean, they made the right decision there. They've made so many right decisions about who to cut loose. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some are not even loose. Like, Austin Mercado is just in the minors, and Bobby Bradley, I think, is still a free agent. Yu Chang has bounced around a bunch, but Nolan Jones is still back in, in Columbus. So yeah, it's not like, yeah. Columbus. but like, like you said, like, this is, I think, part of it, you know, this is going to be just, just some silly bullshit, but we haven't gotten a chance because it's so many young guys. No, no one's gotten a chance of getting really good at playing uh, cribbage with Tito. And so we don't have any good. <laughs> We don't have any Tito's guys yet. I mean, Except we had Ernie Clement who who felt like he might be that, but they got they got rid of him before he could really kind of dig his claws in, so to speak. <laughs> I feel like they definitely took away Tito's toy there. But I mean, to Francona's credit, he didn't use him much this last no. stint. Um, I, I mean, Owen Miller, obviously, I think at this point has been a little overused, and he seems like a Tito guy. But he's also been used at first base almost exclusively, which is weird. I, I just don't know if they don't have another first baseman they believe in enough. I mean, I, I, I don't think they do, quite honestly. I, I don't, I don't, I'll say, I don't mind Naylor at first. I don't want, ever want to see anyone, I, like, I don't want to see someone like Oscar Gonzalez at first, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't mind. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm high on Owen Miller still, but just looking at his batted ball profile, I'm still interested to see if he could make it, make another leap next year. Not, not to like superstar, but to like a, you know, you know, a 115 OPS plus. And if that's the case, you can do that, then he could be a useful player still. So it's not like Ernie Clement levels of, or right. Martinez. <laughs> right. He's, he's looked terrible at first base at times. Like he has the range. It's just like actual first base things. He's bad at <laughs> like knowing his fleet position and, and catching the contacts. ball is an important thing of being at first base, which he's bad at. But like a, a team like this is a team that really is a good place for someone going Miller. Just a lot of fast guys who can get a second pretty easily. He can move them over. And just play like bullshit, you know, bullshit small ball, and kind of work your way through the lineup and kind of grind crap out. And like he—that's the kind of guy that he can do that. If he could turn some of that shit into hits, then that'd be great. But just seeing the, the moves he's made in—you know—I I know it's ridiculous for me to, to talk that, this at length about Owen Miller when talking about them clinching the division. But <laughs> I, I still think about it a lot. I guess I just, I just look at how he's adjusted how he hits the ball so much and the work he's put in. I'm like, I'm, I'm still interested. We, we I mean, he's, he's, 
86 WRC plus is not like the worst player in baseball. That's what you usually do for a backup utility guy. And if that's, no. that's what he is, then well, you just hit more line drives, more fly balls. Like he's just, he just needs to hit the ball harder. That's all he has to do. And he's, again, he's only 25. So I don't know. Maybe he could do yeah. it. We'll see. Has he considered hitting the ball harder? Has he considered? You know what? I, if I were him, <laughs> this is me talking. Hit the ball harder. I don't know. Come on, Owen. Can we send him like a letter? Just say hit the ball harder. Do, do hit the Mr. ball harder. Miller. Put some headlights on. This is easy. This is How a- are you? <laughs> My name is Merritt. Can we play catch sometime? Also, please, please hit, hit the ball harder. harder. Why didn't they put headlights on the spaceship? Also, with a spaceship, <laughs> where were the headlights? Uh, yeah, just my last thing on the the postseason: the fact that they're. Uh, I saw this on MLB Network, and I, I think it was on Twitter too, with a bunch of people. But they're twenty six point two years old on average. Mm-hmm. The eighth time the youngest team in majors has made the postseason. Two of those times they won the World Series. So oh, really? Those are good odds, I think. I feel like these teams are the team of destiny kind of things, like when you're super young. and yeah. Again, as cliched as it is, like you're too young to know better. They're not going to get in the postseason as long as they don't freeze up. Like They're just going to keep playing their weird-ass, disgusting brand of baseball. And it's awful. <laughs> keep winning. It's truly dreadful. Imagine losing this team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, just look at the White Sox. Like They tore... <laughs> Just watching like post game from White Sox stuff, they they tore those guys in circles. Like Ozzy Guillen, I think wants to be a Guardians fan now. I don't he blame him. Loves they, play this team. they play more fun foot, more more fun baseball. It's great. I'm sure they play more fun football too. Any they play more fun they play, football too. Yeah, it's exactly. Be better. Um, but yeah, even yeah, I don't know. It's just they. This must be such a miserable team to lose against, like the, the Royals were so many years ago. Like, I I fucking hated that team so much. I, I'm so excited to be that team in the playoffs. I know. I know. I want, and that's. And that's the thing. Like they are, I'm not saying they're built to win a World Series. By all rights, they are not. <laughs> like they are. Where are they in home runs? Last, probably. I don't know. Yeah, for, not a World Series formula. Not not typically. Not yeah, I mean, you, you literally look back over the last however many years, and it's like the team who hits the most home runs typically wins the World Series, or at least makes it to the World Series. But this team just garbages its way through. And like, quite honestly, thinking about the teams they're going to be playing against. I mean, outside of what the Astros and maybe the Rays, if they make the postseason, I can't think of the of, of any of these American League teams at least being like super defensively great. Like, you know, the Yankees aren't that defensively great. Um, Blue Jays, I mean, they're playing what's his name at third base still, aren't they? No, maybe uh, they, they would go to first, but still, they have some okay. Kirk's pretty good behind the plate, but I mean, Bobuchet's okay. Matt Chapman's good defense. I don't know. They're good, but not like great, great. So I don't know. Yeah. I think the guardians will easily be the best defensive fundamentally team in the postseason. I think like, so. Yeah. I, I just can't wait for the entire baseball world to be watching again. I miss that feeling of the world series of like knowing everybody's watching this guardians team right now, or that was the other name, but I, I want that again this year, just watching. Cause I'm sure there's so many people that have just sort of heard about what they're doing or watched it one series when they played their team, but I want everybody to have to watch what they're doing to other teams when they're working as well. That's as why they, like, they got to get past that first round so they can play evening games. You know, there's, there's that first round where it's all those afternoon games that no one watches. And like, I have to have it up on the top corner of my screen and when I'm at work or something like that. Yeah. And there's too many games at that point. It just needs to be like the four games at any point. So right. To get to the, at least the ALDS. At least the ALDS. Like that, 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 that's fine. And, and ideally not a TBS game, but I mean, you know, I mean, I'm <laughs> not going to get too picky, but probably hopefully not TBS. Cause although I don't, I don't think Fox even shows the ALCS until uh, on Fox until it's game four. Like it's still ridiculous that way. Like they still don't have his one, but. It's still weird to me that TBS has so many goddamn postseason games for no reason. 
But yeah, I mean, we're going to someone like Jose Ramirez going back to the postseason. I mean, he's been in the postseason almost his entire career, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and some of the other guys are just like, oh, this is just what we do, huh? We just go to the post. Like, look at <laughs> we're just here. Look huh? at Josh Naylor. He's like, oh, last year was weird. We, we, we didn't play in October, but I guess it's because I was hurt. So I'm back now. We're going to play in October. Oh, speaking of like all the guys who are, are new to it, like, um, I, I heard that Terry Francona before the game told everybody to to not worry about it and blow out if they they won. I think that was another good thing that Francona did is telling all these young guys to celebrate and get like a taste of celebrating like this. So they're going to want it again in the postseason because the guys like Jose Ramirez, he's done it before. He's been to a World Series. Like it probably wasn't as much of a celebration. Like if it was all just guys like Jose Ramirez, maybe it'd be calmer. I didn't see what the Dodgers did, but I'm assuming they didn't go quite all out. But yeah, for these young Guardians kids, I think it's probably important to do that and and just get a taste of celebrating something. So you want to do it again in the postseason and use that to drive you. So I mean, this is now what their 11th AL Central title out of how many possible? It was a bit what mid 90s, right? Like 30 some odd, right? That's got to be the most, right? Yeah, because they won all the ones in the 90s. The White Sox won a couple. The Twins have what oh five? They've far got no, a few. Yeah. Oh, the six, Royals won a couple. Oh eight, oh nine. I guess the Tigers and... probably won a lot in the early 2010s. Yeah, but the, but again, they were only good. when you think about it, they were only actually good for. Well, they won the World Series in 06, too. Then they fell apart and they came back. But that that that, that, that really powerful, you know, the the, the team driven by what, four Cy Young Award winners was really only great for what five years, which is usually how long a good team is good. But but I like them because they're a perfect arc of like division winners, ALCS winners, World Series losers. LCS losers, <laughs> and they just, they just worked their way down. They're just a perfect arc. I think the Phillies did the same thing with the Roy Halladay era, but yeah, yeah. All that that Phillies team was hilarious. How long they clung to all that was that was, was great. Ryan Listen, Howard. you know what? That's what we all want teams it. to do: is hold on to the teams, the players we like, no yeah. matter what. And instead, you got you, you, what you what you should do by all rights is a team like what the Guardians did this year, like you were saying before, just churning through players, finding the ones that hit, like. And I think they have a chance now to to keep these guys a little bit longer and not tear it down um, immediately like they did with the last one. Like I feel like even I know they signed Edwin Encarnacion right after the World Series when they lost yeah. it, but it always felt like from that season on it was a slow path to tearing the team down. Like you knew Lindor wouldn't stay, you knew these pitchers yeah. were going to be traded away and leaving. Uh, I feel like they don't have to do that this time. They've got a bunch of young guys under contract and under arbitration for several more years, which is cool. And and outside of Jimenez, like none of them are like great you know <laughs> like no one's banging the door to get steve well, Merritt Wolfing hates the guardians i'll put that uh, i mean it's, you know like what are you gonna i mean i will say finding out that, that kwan is at this point gonna be a five and a half win player for the years like pretty what the hell yeah. <laughs> um but like that's the thing no one's like battering the door down for med rosario or stephen kwan or or even guys like josh naylor right now if they this is precisely the type of team that like john hart really made hay with back in the in the early nineties. Cause they had such good development as well as drafting. You get the guys. Now you sign them long-term, you buy out some of that arbitration time and then a couple free agency years. And even now you got guys like, you know, I, I, you know, I mentioned Quan. Um, no matter what you do, he's going to be a guardian until he's 30. So get a couple, I don't know. Like, like you said, this is very much a team where like, I think the issue with some of the like Lindor, I think is a good example of this. He came up so young that he was still so like he, we still didn't see the like his peak, I suppose, um, when he was with the Guardians. Whereas all these guys are, yeah, it's a young team, but like they're all they're all the exact same age. They're all 24 or 25. And if you figure you keep a, keep a rookie for what six years, uh, barring any you know whatever, but yeah, and they're all good in a very 
specific way to like they're made for this team like Lindor always felt like he was baseball superstar more than Cleveland's like as soon as he came up it was pretty clear he was never gonna stay <laughs> he was so good like he was gonna get a big payday somewhere and it probably was not gonna be in Cleveland which right I, he I don't was him that, from, but... from the get-go whereas Jose Ramirez I think is honestly the perfect example of a Cleveland superstar like somebody's like who you know even you know I mean I don't know he just uh and then he's quiet but he's just dominant too so I wanted to look back um, I, I think we'll do a post at some point of like going over everybody's obviously perfect predictions, but I, I figured I would at least look at mine since somebody didn't write theirs down Shut in time up. for the post. Come on, I'm probably <laughs> traveling or something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, real life stuff? Jeez, can't you predict? No. Um, <laughs> no let's just find just... that paper you had written it down where it said 95 wins on it. and we'll just Oh, here it down. is. Oh, I just had ni- 97 wins in a World Series championship. Crazy stuff. Oh, man. So try to be honest with what you would have thought before the season. Of course. Um, yes, but, but I had yes, 87. Matthew. <laughs> I had 87. To be fair, I had the most. Um, none of us picked the the white the Guardians to win the division. It was all White Sox. Um, but I had the most wins at 87. And I, even I undershot it because they're going to pass it easily, probably get the 90 wins. Um, would you have, were you, were you in like the, the round 500 or did you think they're going to overshoot and be what they're at now? I think I probably had just over 500, like 83. 485 wins is honestly where I would have penciled them in. Because honestly, come on, like I'm bullish, but like I was still looking at it. Like literally, I'm going to click a button on Baseball Reference and go back to the 2021 season. Just look at the team I was expecting. Going like, oh god, like <laughs> it's wild how different the the like, roster is now. I, I know I was expecting big things from guys like Reyes, and like I was really holding out hope for Naylor to come back and make some noise, and he did. By all rights. Um, but even guys like Bobby Bradley, um, no one thought that, you know, we all thought Jose was leaving also, I think. And like when you ask, like, I don't know, that, that sort of a thing. Like by, in the middle of February, I was probably like 84 wins tops. Didn't know who the ace was going to be. Like that, that's the thing too. I didn't know who the good pitchers were going to be. I thought Plezak was going to figure something out. Quantrill was, was the real deal. And Tristan McKenzie was back of the rotation filler. And none of that was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so. I was going to say, weirdly enough, I thought Cal Quantra would be better than he is. He's still pretty good, but I thought he was going to be like, basically what Tristan McKenzie is without the strikeouts. I thought it would be a shutdown ground ball pitcher. But well, I mean, you look at Quantra year last year, right? Like it's a 149, 149 innings, 289 ERA. Yeah, you know, he had a, a FIP at 407. So maybe it was us who were the fools. But we also want to take into account things like, quite honestly, Ahmed Rosario making such a leap defensively because he decided to dive. Like, the silliest thing I've ever heard. Like, actually, I'm going to try and play defense. Oh, really? Thanks, bud. Cool. So Yeah, because remember, he started the season, he was going to be an outfielder. Because I was looking back at more, like, preview posts. And the infield at the beginning of the season, what we thought it was going to be was Austin Hedges, Bobby Bradley, Yu Chang, Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez. Like, he was going to be an outfielder. He was not going to be the shortstop. And now he's... The shortstop for whatever that means, but <laughs> maybe he'll be out for in the future. But so I had rookie of the year, Stephen Kwan. I mean, you know, that was a good, oh, of course. Yeah, same that, here, same here. Yeah, that was yeah, not yeah. going out on a limb. Everybody had that <laughs> except for Chris, who had Gabriel Arias, which I, I if Arias didn't get hurt, maybe he would have more of a chance, but I don't know. He's going now. Breakout player, I had Bobby Bradley. That, that didn't go quite as well. That was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had Yu Chang actually. You would have uh, absolutely had Yu Chang as your breakout. <laughs> <player>. <laughs> That sounds like a very rolling <laughs> answer. Um, Look at yeah, the Bobby metrics, guys. He hits the ball so hard. Come on, and he plays it in middle infield. What a stud he's going to be! Finally, he's going to put it all together. I think nope. that's going to be on my, my tombstone. Merritt Rolfing. <laughs> he's going to put it all together. <laughs> 
Bobby Bradley was not a good choice either. That was equally You know, terrible. where is he even now? I hope he's having a nice day. He's, he's a free agent. So I, I was looking the other day because, like, you'd think somebody would give him a shot. He was bad, but he still hit really hard. There's other players like that. There you go. You should play for the um, Lexington Legends, the independent league team. Got to get some <laughs> missiles out of that park. I had Brian Reynolds as my key acquisition. I still want that to happen. I don't care. I'll put him somewhere in the outfield. I remember talking about that on the podcast. Oh, we talked about that. I've, I begged for that every day before the season. I'm trying to think of what my key acquisition was. I don't think I had one because I was being very – I think I was very negative that day. I think I was hungry or something. I hadn't eaten dinner yet. I mean, we were all pretty negative before the season, to be fair. Which, which also, to be fair, this is maybe the worst possible time to look at preseason predictions because everybody is so high on – didn't believe in his juice that <laughs> anything you're wrong about is a slight right now instead of like doing it after the season where everybody's kind of like calm and can look back and reflect but now, now's the right time to do it then I, yeah. I, i'm trying to think what my what i mean i think i may have said something like some reliever or whatever Probably, i don't yeah. know <laughs> it's just a question mark <laughs> uh let's see actual teams i had blue jays in the al east that's uh, a technically it could still happen not great but White Sox in the Central, that was dumb. Mariners in the West, st- again, playoff what? team. What? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't the only one. A bunch of us did, because I thought they were going to be really good. They're still pretty good. They're all in the playoff teams. They're good, yeah. yeah I just... To be fair, I only missed on one playoff team, because I have Blue Jays, White Sox, Mariners, Astros, Guardians, Yankees. I have in the wrong order all over, but I just missed on oh, the I would not have had the, the Guardians in the playoffs. Uh, the the <laughs> See, I was the only one on the staff who did, so... Staff, Schmav, get out of here. I think I had the, you know what? Maybe I had the Angels going far or something. <laughs> I think this is the one year I didn't pick him. I finally gave up on pretending that was going to happen. Nope, I still picked Mike Trout as the MVP, though, because that's just a default. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. It's going shock at that point. I mean, although I, I think at this point, Shohei Otani is the, is the Yeah, he's, he's the new shock. It's, yeah. I picked Garrett Cole as the Cy Young, which was bad. And Who Bobby is the Witt- Cy Young this Jr. year? Oh, is it Verlander, huh? Yeah, it'd probably be Verlander. Or, um, so was it they was really good something i was just thinking of the other day is like why isn't he talked to alongside i think it's because remember. verlander has a 182 era and yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it's a pretty runaway for him at this point but um bobby witt jr as the AL rookie of the year i thought he was gonna be really good i think he's still pretty good but just not he's not it turns out i was checking that out the other day he's bad like, oh, is he? he's i don't good know for a little bit there wasn't he? he's athletic and stuff i he, you know yeah he made some plays he just <laughs> i follow the rail like, if i don't have to watch the royals this year i don't He's not too bad. He's 103 WRC plus. He's I really I don't know. I just two and a half win player. He's not terrible. Twenty home runs. Yeah. I was I was kind of put off by the raw slash line. I think. I mean, he doesn't um, walk. <laughs> that's his thing. But I think that's what it is. Um, I, I, he's a weird player so far. But I think there's potential I mean, there for him. He's like a, he's like a poor man's O'Neill Cruz in some way, right? He's just he's just all he's all tools, and he's just not. He's he needs honing basically. He's the exact. They're both the exact opposite of Stephen Kwan. Yeah, pretty much. Did One you see most... that um, O'Neill Cruz's baseball savant page filled out? That is why I brought this up. Yeah, <laughs> because I it's, saw that. It's the weirdest thing. I, I suggested Ryan Howard with power. Yeah, it's just hundred zeros all over. It's great. I mean, he's Ryan Howard with speed, right? Because he he can't hit anything, but when he does, he absolutely obliterates it. But he's also faster. I, mean, I I feel like that's being really mean to Ryan Howard, who at his best was excellent. I mean, he was he had an eye, you know, and he won a World Series and MVP. Come on. Don't be rude to poor sweet Ryan Howard. <laughs> poor sweet boy Ryan Howard. I guess he did walk in the yeah he did walk in the first. I guess I'm, he's, I'm he's always more of, more of a Mark Reynolds with speed or something like that. And more power, but yeah, like a Mark Reynolds turned up to eleven with speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. I think Bobby Bradley with speed. I don't know something like that. Yeah, that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
NL, who, who cares? I I was pretty wrong there, I think. Braves, Big Brewers, league, Dodgers, don't care about Cardinals, it. Padres, Giants. I thought the Giants were still going to be pretty good. Juan Soto is the NL MVP. Nope, not there anymore. Hey, I had O'Neill Cruz as the NL Rookie of the Year. There we go. Um, playoffs, I had Yankees and Dodgers in the World Series with the Dodgers winning, which could still happen. Which good Lord, Boring. Yeah, it was the boring answer, and I hated it, but the, the Giants, or the Dodgers are so damn good. I always just look at them yeah, like, oh, that, yeah, they're, they're, they're winning every a year. Games. They've won 106 games three years in a row. At least they're not even fun anymore. Even in the postseason, they're not fun to watch. Like, oh, no. you beat them. <laughs> you know what they are? They are. Do you remember that feeling we had in 2017 where it was just like the entire season felt like a waste of time to get to the playoffs because the entire division was just dog shit? That division the Tigers are playing is not bad. By all rights. I mean, the Padres but are they're a good just team. so much better that the regular but they're season just, is pointless. Then everyone else, like they're lapping the, the world right now. The fact that the Mets have 97 wins and they're like, boy, they might get the two seed. <laughs> I mean, they're almost closer to the, the um, Golden State Warriors NBA is when they had their streak. Like the regular season was completely worthless. That's true. They're more fun. But... Show on. But I, I, I'm not saying the Dodgers don't, but it's just like, it's like they've entered that. That energy that the the, guard, the now Guardians had in 2017, but like over a point of like five years, because they've been this way for almost a decade, I think. Right? Like how long? Ever have since they like been... Magic Johnson bought the team yeah. and gave the front office to the old Rays guys, they've been insane. I mean, let's see. They went. I guess I, we'll go by winning percentages. I guess just because of the COVID year. But since 2016, they've had a 5 6. So 91 wins, 104 wins, 92 wins, 106 wins, 43 and 17. So 7 17 win a lot. That's God, like that's so incredible. Yeah, like that, they won the World Series. That yeah. is, yeah, that's the year they won a World Series. And so far, they've been to two World Series in that run, lost in the NLDS and lost in the NLCS. So, like, they can still blow it. I believe in them. I think they can. I think this might, I don't, I'm not going to say, say here and say it's their weakest team ever, but. Are, are Dodgers you know. fans bored, do you think? Are they feeling that right now? Nah. It, it only happened for like out, two years that it was, and I was bored as hell in 2018 during the regular season because I just wanted the postseason. I mean, I think at this point, you just kind of getting the vibes of it all. You know, it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. By the way, do you know that Clayton Kershaw is now the all-time uh, wins above replacement leader on the, on the Dodgers? Wow. I that seems surprising to me for some yeah. reason, just because they've been around for so long. But Yeah, I think he's surprised. passed Sandy Koufax in a bunch of stuff recently, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I mean, Sandy Koufax didn't have a lot of good counting numbers and stuff like that because it was only good for like six years, if that. What a bum. What said yeah, that? scum. Bum scum. <laughs> uh, I think our last thing to talk about is just uh, some fun roster moves. Remember those roster moves? It's it's kind of a weird one now just because of when it's happening. The fact that, I mean, it already happened, but Will Brennan, Gabriel Arias came up. Ernie Clement was DFA'd and Richie Palacios was optioned. One interesting thing that I saw about this one was Francona said that they were talking like last month or whatever it was when triple a was still going on in their season. Like they, they knew that Brandon and Arias were upgrades over what they had, but they wanted to get more playing time. They wouldn't have got up here. Like it's, it's not like it's a huge upgrade. I don't think, but it was an upgrade at the fringe of the roster, but now the whole season, you know, yeah, yeah. It raised the floor of the team. Like that, that's what it like. Just being able to like what I was saying with like a guy like Owen Miller, I don't want him playing every day, but like, he's a good like pinch hit guy sometimes. And like, if you can just, if we're going to your bench and it's not terrible, like it's if it's not going to Michael basically, right? A perfect example, uh, or or even you know being able to, to in, in a big moment get hedges out of there and get like an actual bat in there or something like that. That is a good thing. That is a successful maneuver right there. So, 
But also, I kind of want Will Brennan every day now because he's looked really good. He, he's fit right in immediately, which I thought was kind of cool. Hits the ball hard. I mean, you know, we have very few uh, what batted ball events, but we've got a high exit velocity, a high hard hit rate, ground ball rates a little bit high. But what are you going to do? He'll fix that. He's a, he's a rookie. Yeah. And if anybody's still wondering, I think it's been answered a lot of places already. But um, Brennan wasn't on the 40 man roster by the September 1st deadline, but because he can replace Anthony Ghost. Um, who's on the 60-day IL, he can count for the playoff roster if they want to include him, which Dope. I think at this point you do, right? I, I don't know if they trim I mean, off yeah. some relievers or who, but I, I would bring him along. I, I think Quan, Straw, and Brennan is probably your best outfield, and using Oscar Gonzalez as your DH, maybe? I guess the the one question I would have with what you just said, obviously, is do I would I want him or another reliever? Because right now what the bullpen would be, I don't want to start getting into the playoff roster quite yet, because he's talking about something next week. Uh, but uh, <laughs> obviously, Class A, you know, Stefan, uh, Hedges, Sandlin, Karen Check. How many relievers are we talking about here? Probably eight. Yeah. And you have guys like. Um, and you know, Brian Shaw's going to be there. <laughs> of course Shaw's he is. fucking be there. Um, Eli Morgan's <laughs> probably going to be there. Cody Morris, maybe. I don't know. Uh, do you count Savali? I guess you'll need him. For well, Savali, I mean, then we have yeah. four or five rotation guys. So Zach Plezak is probably going to be. Gosh, maybe. I didn't even want to say it. Why did you He's say coming it? coming back Friday for some reason. But why? Because <laughs> reasons. Do, do we, are we missing something? <laughs> we can't be. He's bad. I've looked at his numbers a lot, like many times. There's nothing there. He's, he's not smart either, but. Um, <laughs> you can be dumb and bad, which is a bad You can't combo. be both. You can be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Can't be both. It's, yeah, you can, you can, look at uh, what was, who was that old old pitcher, um, Jamie Moyer. But he, yeah. he had no, he had nothing going on physically in his <laughs> career. Nice but he was so smart, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he can still wild his way through five innings. So <laughs> I don't think Black Blue can do that without punching a no a mound or a chair. Yeah, or a bat um, or something like that. For yeah. some reason, why are you punching a bat? Stop that! Stop that! Stop that! <laughs> I thought it was funny that Austin Hedges could take his shirt off after every game and not punch a chair. Isn't there pretty interesting? Well, you know what? I guess it's about catchers. I don't know. But um, (laughs) I I love how I keep on seeing Arias' name on like the the, on like the roster and stuff and on the bench. And I'm like, I feel like I've never. I know I have. I feel like I've (laughs) never never seen him playing. Yeah. Like I I look at this picture. I'm like, is this the same person? Who are you? Like. (laughs) It's like he's like a composite fake human being who doesn't actually exist. <laughs> he's like an yeah, animated face. Yeah. Every time they cut to him, it's just a guy with his back turned. <laughs> this, this is the, for a wig on every time. Yes, who is that guy? Totally this is, uh, this is the, what was their what was their old hitting coach's name? Um, Ty Van Berkeley. Is, is this a new Ty Van Berkeley? <laughs> he also does that exist, actually yeah. exist? Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Remember Typing Berkeley? Oh, that was last. I year. think about him all the time because he doesn't exist, Matt. Come on, he was, he, was, he was a great mystery. The great mystery that consumed me every day whenever I watched this stupid team. I still like Where's... that post you did about Typing Berkeley doesn't exist and just zoomed in face. One of my greatest works. <laughs> right up there with Bradley Zimmer's season preview being just the Waluigi Wikipedia page with every name replaced. Another great work that's by a, me. It's a one A one B. I feel like I've done some decent analysis. Those are my two favorites. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a, never the analysis that sticks out. It's the no, the no, no. It's the ridiculous there. garbage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like someone quoted an article I wrote about Josh uh, Naylor recently. Yeah, or like posted about it, and I'm like, I don't remember writing this at all. That's <laughs> like, so, yeah. I have alerts for like when everybody somebody mentions something on Twitter, and I see the most random articles people point out and like what? share it to their friends about one line you wrote six years ago it's always weird that I, i'll never forget that stupid article i wrote about um what's his name um geo urshela geo urshela no. <laughs> i knew exactly what you're thinking 
And I'm just like, he couldn't hit. Look at his numbers. He was bad. Yeah, but, that, uh, was, <laughs> that was the weirdest. For, for context, it was, your title was like, if only Gio Rochella could hit. Yep. And then when he did it with the Yankees, Yankee fans were like, ha ha, take that. He's like, no, that was his exact point, was that if he could hit, he'd be good, and now he's good. good now. And they tried to use what? it as like a gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, you stupid writer. <laughs> Fake news. I'm like, what do you mean? He had a 40 OPS plus. He was bad. <laughs> the thing you wrote about happened, loser. <laughs> hey, guess what? This thing that you wrote six years ago, this player showed growth. So guess what? Kiss my butt. I don't even know you, bro. I won't kiss your butt. Get out of here. So, yeah, great times. Go. Good stuff. Uh, I think on that note, Merritt, that'll do it for us this week. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to things in your ear. Uh, let it, let's leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. I do just want to Twitter. note, by the way, Matt, if you go on a baseball reference and you mask over Oscar Gonzalez's face, his headshot from when he was with the Rubber Ducks, he has beautiful long hair. He does. Anyway, that was the biggest shame of him coming up is that he cut those. I remember him having those and the minors, and they were so good. I hope he does it again. The Midwest Yankees got, got to get a haircut and shave. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Ahmed Rosario clipped his beard, which, by the way, Ahmed Rosario has a short beard, and he looks way better than the long beard. I like the long beard. It's ridiculous. I mean, you look more athletic with a short beard. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, but... you look cooler. He catches the ball in his beard. <laughs> uh, where was I? If you, if you follow us on Twitter, at Matt Arlwine, at Merrill Lynch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. I think I screwed up. You know what it is. Yeah, you got it. I don't figure it. If they don't follow, yeah. want to follow me, they'll find me. I'm not going yeah. to pressure him. <laughs> it's a picture of a sandwich. It's hard to, it's hard to miss. <laughs> Two actually, my banner is also a sandwich. <laughs> you said the, the banner, the sandwich banner does not look good. I got to say, it's it's a weird no, it's a sandwich. gross sandwich. I got to change that one out. <laughs> I think I'm gonna take take care of that after the podcast. <laughs> and of course, at cover the corner and cover the corner on Facebook. Merritt, talk to you next week. See you then. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.